Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Intrigoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Hi, everyone. I am back. I'm indeed, uh, I'm fine. I'm sorry it was such a delay. I'd like to say it was because I was busy or, like, something else was happening, and not that I was just half procrastinating, half just uh, letting time get away from me. It's been pretty easy to do these past few weeks, days, whatever. I don't even know. Everything's just, like, blending together. It's crazy. Um, I'll look at the clock, and I'll be like, it's probably, like, what, 9.30? It's 12.30. Okay. Um, PM or AM, doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy, but, um, but alas, this, this podcast will still go on. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really close to, to hitting 50 episodes. It will be 50 with Back to Future 3, I think. I'm almost positive. So, yeah, that's very exciting. But for now, we're, we're here to talk Back to the Future 1. And then hopefully there'll be much less of a delay between uh, this episode and the next couple. But, uh, yeah, enough with the table setting. Let's dig in. Uh, Back to the Future. Man, what, what can I say that hasn't been said before about this movie? Exactly nothing. See you next week. No, I'm just messing with you. But, uh... Man, this movie is is fantastic. I watched it like for um, I don't know, just for fun, just randomly. Before all this happened, when when the world was still normal, um, and I was just you know was bored, and I figured I might as well throw this on, so I did, and I was like, whoa, holy shit, this is really good. And then for some reason, I never recorded an episode about it. I I can't I I don't know why. Uh, there's a lot of movies like that. Like I said about Wally, watch that. Never talked about it. I don't know why. It'd probably get a lot of hits. I mean, Ratatouille is my number one episode, so like, I, I don't know. But um, but regardless, it's uh, it's like I just totally skipped over it. And then on one of the quarantine days, I decided I was gonna watch all three back to back, and that was that's what I did. That's probably been like two weeks ago at this point, so I'm kind of just doing this from from memory a little bit. It's not as fresh, but um, but yeah, I decided to to throw to throw them all on, and and once again, I was blown away by how amazing this movie is. It really really holds up, and I think it's pretty awesome that this movie is like legitimately fantastic. Like, I'm going to be talking about Goonies, and I know spoilers, but I love that movie, but it's not, like, from a screenwriting standpoint, it's not like a fantastic movie. From from a screenwriting standpoint, from a directing standpoint, whatever, this movie is incredible. I mean, it's probably one of the best screenplays written, and I don't think that's hyperbole. Like, every single the moment of dialogue is uh, is either a joke or it's setting up something later or it's informing us about the characters. Like this script is so fucking tight. Like it is, man. There's not a mo- there's not a moment wasted, and um, and I think that's really impressive because you know we're dealing with things that could be really uh, long winded and really difficult to wrap your mind around like time travel and paradoxes and alternate timelines but these movies flow so fast and uh they're so funny like they're they're virtually perfect like this is this is really awesome especially this first one and i think that was one of the things i was struck with but like immediately was how efficient this is just the storytelling 
and that that takes place i mean it's fantastic it's either done through like dialogue so well that you don't even realize it or it's done visually which is awesome and so refreshing uh the first the first shot is this really long single take in the movie and um and obviously we're setting up the the things with with time but then we see that a lot of these machines haven't been haven't been touched in a while the the coffee pot for example is not there the coffee's just burning on the burner uh the dog food's piling over the trash can is full um all this stuff is is showing us signs that you know whoever lives here hasn't hasn't been present for a while and then we see uh we see the plutonium case under the bed we see the news report about it and um and then yeah we get we get marty we understand it without him saying a line of dialogue that he likes to play bass he's a skater which is something that will come into play a lot over the course of the series um like it's just it's it's perfect it's an amazing opening shot and there's nothing like like there's nothing overt about it like it's there and obviously you're gonna pick up what you're gonna pick up but they trust you to do it like they they just don't trust audiences like that anymore. If if this was a movie now, he'd walk in and he'd be like, you see that news story today about the missing plutonium or something like that? But in this, it's just the camera rolls by, you see it, you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then you see the plutonium, so you're starting to put together, okay, that this guy is involved in this somehow. And then you don't end up knowing the full story until like another 20 minutes into the movie. It's really, really awesome. And then... um and then yeah, you know that he's always late, um, because you know he's got the 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 thing where he gets there and uh, and he, he the clocks are all behind, so the experiment works. And then he gets to school, and then you find out that you know timing is kind of already a, a big deal in his life. How he's he's been collecting tardy slips, and and man, it's just it's like it's amazing. And you get his relationship with Jennifer, the the hints towards um, towards like what his dad was like in high school, and then you get the thing about him being afraid of rejection. Like this is all in the first like ten, fifteen minutes. Like it's it's perfect. It's really really awesome. And then eventually you meet Doc, and the movie just just flows. It's so great. Uh, and and yeah, man, how iconic are are some of these moments? Like the the DeLorean and the the first introduction to to Doc and then, um, like just the the mechanics of time travel in this universe, like how it works, how it looks, the the sparks and everything that start to flow over the car, and then the 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 flames where the, the tires were, and the the license plate that like falls off and spins, and all that's right here, and it's so so cool. And this actually got me thinking, almost almost divorced from the uh, this movie specifically, but like how awesome it is that so many things that we see now referenced constantly, or like that we dress up as for Halloween, or um, or parody or whatever in in some you know whatever way, like how crazy it is that someone just hooked this up almost from nowhere like where did they get that idea that it was just that it's gonna be a flying delorean that's the time machine like that's just so crazy the level of creativity that goes into these movies it's it's awesome and uh and i really appreciated that
but besides just the the screenplay and a lot of the stuff that's like set up and payoff it's also a joke like the i mean some of the obvious ones the lone pine mall uh the clock tower all that kind of stuff the 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 mayor goldie goldie wilson all that stuff that that's like you know it's it's established in the first act and then we see it played with in the 50s and and all that the that's super tight and it's just like man is just i'm just saying purely from a writing perspective forget the dialogue forget the the iconic imagery and moments and lines and whatever um just the the fact that like that with all this stuff that's set up all this stuff that's like riffed on in in a different uh, a different time it's like it helps root us in one place because you can travel through time but you can't travel through space at least not with this machine so everything stays local it all stays focused on this town this family this history like that's really really cool and really unique for a time travel story because a lot of the times it, it doesn't track the history of a town or the history of of this one family and their enemies and and um and like this person who you meet as an old man and then go back and find out like what he was like as a younger person like that's all really cool and i love how that centers the the story and makes giant concepts that are like complete and and utter nonsense like just don't make sense when you really try to think about them and break them down it makes them easy to digest and easy to follow and i think that's another genius move that this script makes and i mean honestly i could just talk about the writing about the, on of this movie for forever like it's crazy but i know there's so much more to this movie that makes it a classic so i'll uh i'll leave it there but man just the screenplay top notch so i mean the performances like this is one of the most pitch perfect duos ever like this has inspired so much stuff that that came after it obviously most famously most recent probably rick and morty but like just the the template that this set this kind of mis mismatched partnership and like um and like bond that they have and the performances are are fantastic like christopher lloyd's comic timing and um and the way he plays off of marty and like his kind of his like social ineptitude but his his technological and scientific brilliance and how that he can like play that for laughs is all really really good he's completely inhabits this character like this is such a full performance like this is a person like um, as with most of the characters in this movie they are all like fully formed people they're not just characters in this movie like the way he you know he can talk about his life and the way he has all these mannerisms and like affectations it's uh, it, it's brilliant it's it's perfect he totally disappears into this character and then um i'll say less so with michael j fox because i feel like most of the time michael j fox is kind of just playing michael j fox but um but he is really really great in his movies obviously that's an understatement but the way he plays emotional beats comedic beats the stuff with him and jennifer and and their chemistry is really awesome uh and then yeah, I love how out of place and and convincingly awkward he is in a different time and how, you know, things that are just common to him, he says without really thinking like, oh, this is the 50s. Reruns aren't a thing. 
uh, a TV is relatively new and incredibly expensive. There's no way you would have two. And then the way he has to, like, try to be, like, uh, and, you know, scramble to make it seem natural or seem like he didn't just, uh, arrive here from a different era entirely. Like, that's all really good. And with a lesser actor pulling this off, I, obviously, I don't think he would have pulled it off. Which is kind of funny to say because this is one of the most infamous, infamous, uh, instances of a recast. I don't know if you know this, but um, this movie was originally with they they cast Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly because of um, because of Michael J. Fox's scheduling conflict with Family Ties. And actually, I think oh this might not be true. Um, one of his co-stars. I want to say Patricia Richardson, but that doesn't seem right. Um, but but one of his co-stars on Family Ties got uh, got pregnant, and so there was a like a break in his shooting schedule, and so he ended up doing Teen Wolf, and the whole time he's lamenting the fact that you know a couple couple sound stages over they're shooting a, a different movie, a Steven Spielberg movie, and that movie was Back to the Future when Eric Stoltz was still playing the role, and. Um, and from the jump, he was always their first pick, but they couldn't get him because of this whole scheduling thing. And then the pregnancy happened, and then he was, you know, he's still open after Teen Wolf. And then they were like, uh, this just isn't working. We really need to, we really need to make some changes. And so they more aggressively pursued him. He was able to do it this time, and the rest is history. But that is such a fateful change, because I think that if it didn't work, like, it's been documented that um, <laughs> Patricia Richardson is in Home Improvement, not Family Ties. I don't know who I was thinking of, but um, that's not here, neither, neither here nor there. Um, but but I'm, I think what I'm trying to say is what a what a fateful recast because it'd be, I mean, what a different um. What a different movie this would have been if that had never happened. That's crazy. I wonder if, I wonder if that's um. Like, I don't know. I wonder how this would have turned out. That's that's crazy to wonder. But um. But yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a pretty big one. So, the real quick then, I think I I the last thing I just wanted to to touch on was I I said about it a little bit with uh. With the Lone Pines versus Twin Pines Mall and the um, the the DeLorean, obviously, but uh, the production design of this movie is awesome, and how they have everything looking one way in the '80s and then very similar, but but still older in the '50s, and how they completely created this town that you know it seems like a real town. It's very believable. It's um, like this is just a fully functioning fully realized world and that's awesome because obviously this is not a real town it's uh it's a soundstage there were a few other movies that were shot there i think the biggest one would have been um uh well i know monster squad was shot there and then gremlins that was what i was thinking of gremlins they were all shot on the same soundstage that um acted as hill valley but um but yeah i love how it's this fully realized town with all these 
interesting and memorable places like the diner and the the town hall like the the clock tower and everything and doc's mansion and the mall and that's all really awesome and i really appreciated how they were able to you know breathe life into this place that wasn't there and the amount of talent and attention to detail and everything that went into that was really really awesome and it's one of the things that I think is the best aspect of all of these movies and then how they can twist it and play around with it a little bit and how it looks in the old west, how it looks in the 50s, how it looks in the 80s, how it looks in the alternate 80s, how it looks in the future. It's crazy. It's a really, really awesome piece of production design. And then, yeah, of course, the DeLorean. That's sheer genius. It's amazing. And then uh, also briefly wanted to touch on... on Biff, because I think he becomes a more interesting character as this all goes along, but he also, um, you know, the part he plays in this movie is, is awesome, and it's, uh, it's cool to see him in this version, and then how that's contrasted with the other ones, but, uh, but this is a really good performance, and, um, and I think it's cool that he doesn't just play the same character in every version of uh, of uh, Hill Valley and like every version of these people's lives like every everything that he's in every different every different version of his character is actually legitimately a different version of his character he's not just doing the same performance and even in this movie that's evident but and the other two I think becomes a much bigger deal but I think uh, I think I just wanted to touch on it now because it'll be more relevant as I move on but it's something that I did notice in this one as well and then, ah, just real quick before I go, trying to cram this whole movie into 20 minutes is is hard, but um, but I'm I'm gonna try. Uh, the the parents, their chemistry eventually, jeez, uh, in the beginning, the awkwardness that what's this Christian Slater, right? Christian Slater, I'm not stupid, right? I'm, this is not another crispin glover okay good thing i checked that crispin slater is in heathers christian slater that's not crispin Sl crispin slater is not an actor crap i really need to stop but um i should just keep keep imdb open for all of this uh crispin glover as george mcfly is really really good and i love how awkward he is at first and how he's like mixing up words and he's just he's completely inept it's insane like it's uncomfortable to watch him try to um try to pick up lorraine and then how he's convinced by the the sci-fi kind of concept that um that marty makes up and and tries to use to to get the ball rolling on this whole thing uh and the way he has like you know, another side to himself that he never presents, that he's a writer, that he actually did have dreams and, and stuff that he wanted to do, but he never followed through on that stuff, which is much like the path that Marty's headed down if he if he continues rejecting, like, opportunities and stuff like his dad did. And all that is really cool, and I love how that made, uh, that fleshes out this character very well and, and then provides a huge contrast to the guy he is after he just makes one small decision in his life that completely changes it by the time Marty gets back. So, yeah, I like that, and I like Leah Thompson as Lorraine. She is really, really good in that role. She's, you know, I like how you can see 
her clearly not that into George and then like kind of flip-flopping and then uh, Marty will do something else like really awesome and impressive and then she'll like flip back and then eventually how you know she is won over and and um and the whole like I felt like I was kissing my brother thing and and now she's coming to these realizations and stuff and you see her changing her life for for the better over the course of the movie I liked all that she does a really good job in the role and uh and yeah that's uh I think that's about it I, I got a lot to talk about, uh, but I, a lot of it, I think, can be saved for the subsequent movies, because a lot of it is, you know, it's it's very similar, they, they draw on very similar elements, so I'll circle back around to some of this stuff as I go. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is the ending of this is, was, um, was never meant to be followed through on, they put it in as a joke, like, hey wouldn't this be cool and it's like this light-hearted adventurous moment to leave the theater on they never expected that they would have to extrapolate from that and turn it into sequels so just keep that in mind because i think it'll inform the discussion that i have about uh about the second one but in the meantime um check out the second one and the third one if you want to follow along because that'll be the next two episodes that i do so uh Real quick, before I do my whole sign-off ritual, I, I want to do some, some quick gratefuls, and then I'll, I'll get out of here. I'm sorry, this is this is over 20 minutes, and with the ads and the, the theme music and everything, it'll probably be closer to, to 25, but, I, man, I really tried. This is such a monumental movie. It's difficult to distill into, into a, such a short amount of time, but I did my best, so thanks for sticking with me. And, uh, and I'm grateful for... <sighs> Hmm. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. My basketball hoop. That's that's one. I just got a basketball hoop, and it's awesome. And and that's another thing that I can do to occupy myself with. But uh, but this one will be a little less sedentary. We'll say, uh, we'll make it distinguished. Um, I've been living a sedentary lifestyle in front of the television and. And at the drawing desk, this will be a little bit different. This will be keeping me active and uh, stopping me from just cramming Oreos endlessly into my face while we're stuck inside. So that is a good thing. And I'm grateful to my parents for making it happen. That's uh, That was a cool and unexpected early Easter present. So, yeah, that's my grateful. All right, everyone. If you enjoy this episode and the show in general and you want to you wanna let other people know, that would be awesome. You can rate the show. Write an app. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and, uh, yeah, please leave a review. Spread, spread the word. It helps out a lot. I'd, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can uh, you can email at moviesandwarpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram personally at gvandrealy1, or you can follow the show uh, on Instagram at moviesandwarpod for updates on new episodes when they drop and what's being covered. And if you don't know that, thank you. And if you are about to, uh, thank you in advance. So, yeah, I hope you guys are all staying safe and, and healthy and not getting too bored inside. I know it's I know it's a lot. I know it can be stressful and scary, but just hang in there. We will, we will get through this together and I think come out uh, stronger on the other side. This is a weird thing to say, but uh, part of me hopes that this will kind of be the 9-11 of medicine. And not obviously that I would wish 9-11 would happen again, but... 
we were incredibly unprepared for 9-11 and we were incredibly unprepared for this. So I'm hoping that this will be something that can galvanize us into just being more aware of what's happening, being more uh, responsive and, and per, like prepared rather than having to be very reactive and, and adjust things on the fly and have very little time to do so. So hopefully we will, we will all be stronger and we will all be better, healthier, safer, more prepared uh, once we once we make it through this. But uh, in the meantime, just hang in there, stay safe, let everybody you know you love them, just check in on them and everything and whatever. But you guys are all good people. You're listening to this show, so you probably already did it, but just a reminder in case. And thank you, as always, for listening. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, have a good one. Stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, where we're going, we don't need roads. Peace.